guys, this movie is so cool. Oh, I've always had this. I know. Always, from the time I was four years old, I've always had this. Ross is on, like, another level today. I'm so excited. I'm glad we decided to do this instead of that. You know what, Kayla? Thank you for the suggestion. You know what, Kay? Thank you for the suggestion of, you know, Family Matters. It was just going to end up being our theme this week. But, like, you know what? (laughs) We were going to do some stupid indie movie for our first selection this month. But I was like, no. Family Connections. Hi, kids. <laughs> Rodriguez. Yes. Guys, it's going to be, I'm so excited. I, I'm, I, I'm, I'm in my element today. Welcome back to Kicking and Streaming, where Floop is a madman. Help us, save us! I'm Carrie, codename Caliber. And I'm Ross, codename Barrel. <laughs> and this week we are covering the 2001 family film, Spy Kids! Called it a family film? It is a family film! I mean, I get it, yes, that's what we're doing this month. La but, Familia! Uh, but it's technically a spy action comedy adventure film. Whatever! <laughs> I don't care. I'm, uh, guys, it's gonna be so rad today. Bob from Chile is back! <laughs> Robert Rodriguez, everybody. Guys, we got a lot of things returning to us here today. I'm very, very excited. You know how I love a Robert Rodriguez film. This film is just peak childhood for me. I know! Just for me personally. I don't know about you, but like, I was little. <laughs> When yeah. this came out, like I was, I thought this was the coolest fucking thing. I wore that DVD <laughs> out. It was one of the first ones we got on DVD because VHS is on its way out. That's right. I know. We had to watch it in the computer, like in the laptop. You remember that ancient laptop? Yes, yes. I remember you in the chair, me hanging on the side of the chair. Watching me watch things. Watching you watch things. Before we get started, don't forget, go follow us on Twitter at Kick and Stream. K-I-C-K-N-S-T-R-E-A-M. You can write the show at Kicking and Streaming Podcast at gmail.com. That's with an and, not an ampersand. And folks, please remember to go check Check out our Patreon. We are offering at the $5 level access to all of our bonus material, our outtakes. We're doing shows now. It's It's been great fun. So we've got the Golden Girls. We've got VeggieTales content out. We've got hilarious outtakes for you. It's an amalgamation, but they're funny. It's kind of funny with no context, isn't it? <laughs> Golden Girls and VeggieTales. Absolutely. <laughs> like, what is this $5 charge yeah. on my credit card? Well, for $5 a month, you can get access to all of our television coverage, all of our long-form coverage, all of our bonus episodes. It's great. Well, Become a little onion at the five today. You'll yeah. be glad you did. <laughs> all right. Are you ready? I know you're ready, but... I, I've been ready. <laughs> I, I, I've, I've been ready ever since I mentioned this to you two days ago. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Let's get to it. Between driving the kids to school... Mommy's mimicking me! Mommy's mimicking me! ...and putting them to bed... No one would ever guess... ...that Mom and Dad are the world's top secret agents. We've got to follow her. No for long. What'd you do? Your parents are international spies, but something's gone wrong. My parents can't be spies! They're not cool enough! Cool. Now, the only two people who can save them are their kids. I think it's up to us. You with me. 
Okay. How to be a spy. Good spy puts himself in the mindset of the opponent. Ew, gross. What do you see, you? Duty! Now, they're on a mission. I know this is gonna happen! To stop an evil genius. You promised us an army, Mr. Fluke. They're very capable robots, and I can make them look like anyone. The president's daughter? Rescue their parents. And save the world. Send a grown-up to do a kid's job. Spy Kids. Real Spies. Only smaller. Oh. My God. Here we are. <laughs> I know. I've been waiting to do this since we started this. Like, I, yeah, this is... And I, it's been, but it's been so far in the back of my mind that when I came up with it two days ago, I was like, oh my God, I've struck gold. Yeah. It was an actual adrenaline rush. I was like, there's no way we're not doing this now. This is one of my favorite family movies of all time. I know. It's about family, but it's so badass. <laughs> And we've got so many great characters here with us today. But guys, please welcome back to Kicking and Streaming, Mr. Robert Rodriguez himself. Oh, guys, remember Sin City? Yes. (laughs) Yes, I remember Sin City. Are you still mad at me about it? Um... No. No? Because it was fine. It was. Well, there's only one project we've done that I will forever be mad at you about. Guys. Just just one. It's Slither. It's Slither. (laughs) Which was a war crime. It was. And you were appropriately punished. <laughs> but guys, I know him better from things like Shark Boy and Lava Girl, <laughs> which was more my speed at that age. Yep. Or, you know, obviously we've got all the Spy Kids. We've got Spy Kids, Spy Kids 2, Island of Lost Dreams. We've got Spy Kids 3D, Game Over. We've I got, love that one. I don't think it's called Spy Kids 4, but it's called Spy Kids... All the time in the world. All the time in the world. That's right. They also did an animated series in 2018, which I've seen nothing of. They did not. Yeah, they did. Yeah. Oh, my God. That's them coming for our generation, man. And there's another one on the way. Yeah, that's... I actually yelled when I was looking at the wiki page to see how many movies there were, and it says, Untitled Film. Yeah. TBA. And I'm like, oh, man, is this going to be about the Spy Kids' as kids? Guys, uh, Machete, We Can Be Heroes, um, Alita? Yeah, ba- Alita Battle Angel! Battle Angel. <laughs> From Dawn Till Dusk, he's the huge genius behind what is Dimension Films and Troublemaker Studios. The Troublemaker Studio vanity card with that shifty little kid in the ball cap playing the guitar. I actually didn't want to say it because I don't know the name of the instrument. <laughs> But yeah, I love the little troublemaker. He's great. Guys, Robert Rodriguez is, of course, as always, doing the most. He (laughs) directs, he writes, he composes a little bit. And guys, he does some of the practical effects for this. Some of the practical prosthesis we have, he made them. 
this movie is 90 minutes long. I know. It's such a ride. I know. Like, if you just want to have a nice evening, like, pop in Spy Kids, man. Guys, let's talk a little bit about this, uh, let's talk a little bit about this music real quick before we get to We've Got Names. There are seven composers. I love this soundtrack. He came in the door with it on his phone. I did. I was listening to it. Like, it's like just, it was his entrance music. It's such a fusion of like all these different backgrounds of composers. Like we've got, of course, we've got Robert Rodriguez, who's also the film's editor. Yeah. He edited the whole thing. Yeah. Uh, Bob, <laughs> you've done it again. <laughs> Danny Elfman. Wow. Yeah, I know. Gavin Greenaway. Hector Pereira. John Debney. Los Lobos, and Harry Gregson Williams. <laughs> you know what films Harry Gregson Williams has composed? I think you know the answer to that. Chicken Run. <laughs> and Wallace and Gromit, The Curse of the Were-Rabbit. I'm getting sick of hearing that film's title. <laughs> I'm um, going to find a way to bring it up any way I can. Six Degrees of Separation from Wallace and Gromit, Curse of the Were-Rabbit. <laughs> you might have guessed it. Oh, boy. But we've got names. You're going to be this way, aren't you? I really am. Because both of us, this film, like, it was an early indication of our queerness. Oh, it's Biconic. It is Biconic. Uh, it's absolutely Biconic. Not with the kids. No, absolutely, absolutely not. Absolutely not. That's weird. Yeah, that's not what we mean. We all know what we're talking about. <laughs> and we'll get there in a second. All right, so without further ado, are you good over there? Do you need a towel or a glass of water? I need a sip of Fanta. Mm. <laughs> Okay, here we go. Please welcome back to Kicking and Streaming. In her second appearance, I believe, we have Alexa Vega. She's playing <laughs> Carmen Cortez this week. Yes, she was with us when we covered Repo, the genetic opera. Actually, this is her third appearance because she was in Twister. <gasps> That's right. She's Little Joe She's in Twister. Joe, I forgot about that. Please welcome to Kicking and Streaming, Mr. Daryl Sabara. I keep wanting to call him Daniel Sabara. <laughs> He's... Mr. Megan Trainer himself. Oh my God, guys! Remember them in their little couples toilets? I know, da I know, Daryl Sabara for two things: Spy Kids and Megan Trainer. <laughs> he does the voice for Hero Boy in the Polar Express, which we did a couple Christmases ago. Yeah. So yeah, welcome back. Okay. All right. All right. All right. You know what? You do it. You. Do I it. I might have to because I don't think you'll be able to get through it. Which one are you starting with? <laughs> Senor, I'm starting with Senor. Welcome him back. Guys, welcome back to Kicking and Streaming. Mr. Antonio Banderas as Gregorio Cortez. What is up, Pops? <laughs> welcome back. I didn't talk about him this way when we did Shrek 2 because he it's just a voice in Shrek 2. He's a cartoon cat. Yeah. You know, and <laughs> and but like oh, you baby. <laughs> I could be. Oh, no. If you make a single daddy joke, I am leaving this booth. You understand me? I actually made a note for myself not to. <laughs> Good. I'm glad you're showing I already did, technically, by calling him Pops. <laughs> but, like... All right. Well, everybody gets one, okay? All right. That's all right. your one. Guys, obviously, we know him as Puss in Boots from the Shrek franchise. Um, he's very notable on stage for his work as the Phantom. In La Phantom de la Opera. I've talked about this before. You have. How that clip of him and Sarah Brightman, like, just makes me overwhelmed. Is there something about a Spanish phantom that's getting you? I like... don't know. I don't know what's happening. But <laughs> Antonio Banderas is 
one of the most attractive men in Hollywood, and he can sing? Are you kidding me? Guys, who can forget his portrayal of Che Guevara in the 1996 adaptation of Andrew Lloyd Webber's Evita, <laughs> which I put Carrie Ann through, and it was three hours of... <laughs> scream singing and I was so bored yeah, I know <laughs> I know he was very good though he was guys interview with a vampire desperado assassins mask of Zorro he's fucking Zorro yeah like I mean guys I just I love him you know he's 61 now whoa I know granddaddy I know <laughs> I'm sorry oh oh so you <laughs> oh so you can okay no just making sure I've got this straight <laughs> let's move on to this Angel. <laughs> you do it because I can't. I know. I know you can't. Oh, please welcome welcome her back. Yes. Guys, please welcome back Carla Gugino as Ingrid Cortez. Hi, babe. She was with us when we covered Sin City. Yes, she, in another Robert Rodriguez project. <laughs> she meets a horrible fate in that movie. She sure fucking does. Is she in anything else we've done? I don't think so. I was gonna, I'm surprised she. I'm surprised we didn't get to her first with this. I know, right? Uh, American Gangster, Watchmen. Yeah. She's in San Andreas, Gerald's Game, not Jerry's Game, <laughs> not the Bugs Life short. Gerald's Game. Gerald's Game, where she's tied to the bed and is hallucinating. The Haunting of Hill House. Oh, that's her best performance. I, it re- you know what, Carrie? It, it it is hands down. It really is her best performance. Mike Flanagan, thank you for making such great use of this immense talent, Carla Gugino. I personally love her as the journalist on Political Animals. Oh, of course you with do. With Sigourney Weaver. Because you love Political Animals. I do. I, I, not enough, apparently, to remember the character's name, but whatever. <laughs> Guys, playing a Fegan floop? Is it Fegan or Fagan? I would like to call, I would like to say Fagan, but you're right. It's spelled Fegan, not with two E's, but <laughs> well, it's F-E-G-A-N. Yeah, Fegan floop. I, it's Fagan, though, <laughs> because the kids. Right. It's a play, yeah. It's a play off of Oliver yeah. Twist. Okay, <laughs> so playing Fagan floop today, we have Alan Cumming. What is up, dude? We just missed you. Yeah, we sure did. He was in Indy a couple weeks ago, guys, and a couple of our friends ran into him at a bar. Yeah. And we were we did not go out that night. It was a Thursday. It was a Thursday. Uh, we were recording. Yeah, we, we were here doing this. That's why we missed Alan coming. <laughs> Guys, he was with us when we covered Annie. Yes, welcome back. Easy Street. You will know him for his work on Broadway as the Master of Ceremonies in the Broadway revival of Cabaret. Oh God, and you can't forget. <laughs> I just did. Okay, <laughs> hold on. That was amazing. <laughs> you can't forget. I just did. <laughs> I, I forgot the name of the movie as soon as I thought of it. Burlesque. Yes, burlesque. <laughs> yeah. That is what I was going to say. He's in burlesque. I love him in burlesque. He's in three things. Burlesque, Annie, and Spike It. <laughs> we love you, Alan. We do. We love you so much. Um, Guys, please welcome back, playing Minion today, Mr. Tony Shaloub. Tony Shaloub? Yes. Has such a fucking weird aura. <laughs> I'm so happy he's here. He's Monk, first of all. And second of all, he was with us when we did Galaxy Quest. He was Fred Kwan. He was, yeah, he was Fred. I love Fred. <laughs> I love Fred. Uh, Guys, playing Uncle Felix today, we have Cheech Marin. Hey, Cheech, where's Chong? <laughs> he's not dead, Ross. He's around. That would have That would have been the best thing. What? If they had gotten both of them. Oh, I know. Cheech and Chong? Chong could have been a secret agent. Like... <laughs> Cheech is. 
Oh my god. <laughs> no, Cheech Marin is part of the Robert Rodriguez Mafia. Indeed. Like, he's also in the Machete franchise. Speaking of which, please welcome to Kicking and Streaming, Danny Trejo. As Isador Machete Cortez. He's also known for being the eponymous Machete. Yeah, guys, I love this so much because Robert Rodriguez, the, Machete started out as a joke. Yes. Remember, it was a trailer on the Grindhouse release. Indeed. And We then, talked about Grindhouse when we talked about Sin City and Planet Terror. Yeah, that's yeah. right. And guys, they just decided they'd make a movie out of it, that they'd make the joke real. Mm-hmm. And they called him Machete. Mm-hmm. And it depends on who you ask, whether or not. This is the same machete. How could it not be? It's Danny Trejo both times. No, yeah, Danny Trejo, if you ask Danny Trejo, he will tell you, yeah, of course it's the same machete. It's like Timothy Spall playing Winston Churchill in one project and then playing him in another and go, no, they're not the same Churchill. Right? (laughs) And then, but Machete, machete, stone cold killer machete. It's Carmen and Judy Cortez's uncle. But if you ask Robert Rodriguez, he says that the machete from the film franchise is an alternate universe machete. Whatever. (laughs) He can do whatever. You want to know something fun? Robert Rodriguez is Danny Trejo's cousin. That's right. Yes. That's right. And you know what? Let's save it. Oh, you want to save save this cameo? Okay. 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 We'll get there. It'll be fun. We must start, mustn't we? Yes, we must. You have so much to say. You are already vibrating over there. <laughs> the deep exhale. Okay. All right, let's right. let's go. Every time that little troublemaker starts strumming, <laughs> I am propelled into a state of simultaneous safety and intensity. I- <laughs> Ross! I love this music. All the music in this film is amazing. And they put us, as as we've said before, music is the way we put into our setting. Yeah. Oh, and it's so good. Yeah. I wrote, we are in blank. Because I don't know where they live. I'm trying to figure, I've been trying to figure out the geography of Spy Kids all day. No, we had a whole ass conversation about it before we came down here. So let's just say that the Cortez family, who we're dealing with today, lives somewhere between Belize and Texas. No, I think they're like in the Corpus Christi, Texas area. The whole film was done in Texas. Yeah. So it was done in Austin, Texas, except for some shots in Chile. So this house is ridiculous. Oh, yeah. Obviously, they're international agents. They probably get paid hella money. And like this house is beautiful. I know. It's so good. It's all stone, all tile, all all gorgeous, all the time. And it's bedtime for the Cortez kiddos, Carmen and Junie. Carmen is like very sullen, like hates having to look after her little brother. Who is very nervous and kind of shy and, you know, very bullied by her. And (laughs) And other kids. It's not just her. It's not just her. (laughs) But he gets so nervous all the time, he gets these horrible warts on his hands from sweating. I love Junie. He's putting medicine on him like he's a superhero. It's so cute. Prepare to meet your maker. <laughs> He's a little weirdo. He's a little nerd. Can you relate? I can. Because <laughs> I always thought of Carmen and Junie as you and me. Oh, this is going to be an attack on my character. And when I- <laughs> 
<laughs> when I watched this as a kid, I would always think about our relationship with how they are. Of course, because they're children. Of course, and we were children. Thank you for acknowledging that. They're the same. They're the same distance in age as you and me. Yes, they are. They're four years apart. Carmen wants a bedtime story, though. She's not ready to go right to sleep yet. And it's the two spies that fell in love. Once upon a time, there was a man and a woman. And they were both spies. Yes. She from one country, he from another. She had a very important mission assigned to her. He was her mission. Correct. Her mission was to take him out. Spies Who Fall in Love is actually one of my favorite narrative stories. We have to talk about this for a thousand years. Ingrid is, of course, the one telling the story. Ingrid is, of course, Carmen and Junie's mother. And it, it, she is the one putting them to bed. And uh, the uh, the two spies that fell in love <laughs> needs to be its own feature film. Really? You want to see like we a... We need a full-length prequel. <laughs> and it needed to happen years ago. Oh, I know. Um, I know. This is quite literally my favorite part of the movie <laughs> because this first 10 minutes love it because guys it's not a mystery in the film the spies who fell in love are their parents gregorio and ingrid but the kids do not know that gregorio and ingrid are former spies international spies you have to understand these were dark and confusing times i mean there was an enormous amount of turmoil between countries out of fear a new kind of soldier was created brilliant brave soldiers greatest weapons were their minds. Those men and women were spies. We get all these action sequences of Ingrid following a very young, very gorgeous Gregorio. Ombre. Ombre. Codename Ombre. Codename Ombre. When she's stalking him in the airport and there's that chauffeur waiting for him with just Ombre on the card. Also, who uses a code name out in the open like that? Yeah, I don't know. Whatever. Anyways. (laughs) And like, she follows him into this hotel and he checks in everything. She's watching him. She changes her whole look three times. Yeah, she goes into the elevator to follow him up in the next car and she changes her whole look inside the elevator car. She was a totally different person. Become another person. Become another person. He was the assignment that changed her life. But when the moment finally came to carry out her mission, she couldn't do it. And then the door opens to the elevator and it's him. He literally reaches inside her shirt and pulls out a picture of him and then reaches inside his shirt and pulls out a picture of her taken from far away. Yeah, because they've been trying to get each other. Yeah, that's why he noticed her. Like, that's why he noticed her tailing him because he's literally looking for her. I'm so interested in the backstory of this whole opening sequence. Is this like U.S. agent versus Mexican agent? Like... What's going on Or here? like chili or like, I don't know. Yeah. Like, I don't know what's going on. I mean, you have the whole war on drugs in the 70s and 80s. I know this is a kid's movie and we don't <laughs> need to get very intricate. But like, oh, I'm loving it. When she is talking about how like years of being emotionally detached led her to a bit of surprise with Ombre. Yeah. You know, like with Gregorio. Because they set eyes on each other and they just make the decision mutually and silently to not kill each other. And date. Yeah, and to date. (laughs) They have this covert little courtship. When they're sitting across the cafe from each other. In France. Because they can't be seen together. Yeah, that's so cute. Toasting one another. When they're on the Eiffel Tower and he 
flicks that box down the rail to her. Oh. And it's a gorgeous diamond wedding ring. Dinner dates followed wherever their mutual travels took them. And they fell in love. And they decided that together they would embark on the most dangerous mission of all time. What? They decided to marry. Wow. Do you see the goosebumps on you? <laughs> and on me? Yes! Oh, wait, wait, Karma goes, wow. I feel that. That is my reaction every time. She says the woman spy was you know, kind of ramping herself up to this. She, you know, holding together a marriage is hard enough. How's she going to hold together a family and be this hardened secret agent all at the same time? She literally describes marriage as a dangerous mission that only the most insane need apply. But when she saw him standing there. Oh, Ross. Oh, it's so much. My (laughs) heart is so full and I feel so intense. She took his hand, looked deep into his eyes and said the two most dangerous, most trusting words you can say to anyone. What? She said, I do. Oh, that's so cool. Now, then the problem started. Oh my God, these, whatever two nations governments they work for do not want this union to happen. Because they're more dangerous together than they are individually. The wedding party is hit with an ambush of enemy factions. Just all these helicopters whooshing in on this beautiful outdoor cliffside wedding. And I love how they were ready. Oh, yeah. They were ready for that to happen. There's, like, guns taped under the tables uh-huh. and stuff. And, like, the, the guy that just dive bombs the cake for no reason. <laughs> and, like, the thing, the, her bridesmaids are getting her all suited up and <laughs> the groomsmen are getting him all suited up. They're putting parachutes on him. Yeah. And, and the, I just, oh, my God. The shot of them running away from the party with the explosions in the background and the helicopter chopping off the statue heads. That's because it's chasing them towards the cliff, right? And they jump off that cliff and you see the helicopters fly overhead and they pull those parachutes and their heart parachutes. (laughs) They get in that speedboat and it speeds away as they lip lock. Oh, Oh, and the the priest, he's like soundlessly going, you Kiss the bride. Yes. And crossing himself. That's so great. <laughs> He's then, blessing their union. And it zooms out from baby Carmen's eyes. We don't know that that's what it's supposed to be yet, but. <laughs> we do know. We know. We <laughs> know the audience. We Carmen know. doesn't know. That's right. So they retired, settled down, had a few kids. In a way, they exchanged one life of adventure for another. Great story, Mom, but it needs a new ending. It needs monsters. It needs funding. Okay? All these men want to sit in rooms and decide to make Wicked the Musical two parts in a film adaptation and You're spend kidding me. I know. Oh, my God. The, no. the, the runtime of that show is two and a half hours. We do not need Wicked part one and part two. Oh, my God. But we can't throw money at a Spy Kids prequel? What are y'all doing out there, Hollywood? I need the two spies that fell in love, Carrie. I know, honey. I need it. <laughs> okay, we got to move on. I know, I know. Do we you do. have any idea how long it's been? It's since probably you... been 40 minutes. Ingrid goes into their room. Into her and Gregorio's room. Mm-hmm. I love their, like, respective spaces. Oh, his and hers secret spy vanity and desk? <laughs> yes! Uh, when, she, when she's literally logging on <laughs> with the makeup canisters. I love that so much! <laughs> 
They've literally got whole screens just full of secret information. Can we talk about the OSS for a second? Oh, the spy agency they used to work for. In this universe, it's called the Organization of Secret Spies. Ooh. But it's based off of the United States Office of Strategic Services. Oh, really? The precursor to the Central Intelligence Agency. Oh, no! Yeah. (laughs) Okay. So... You know what that means. What? Ingrid was CIA. Oh my god! Like, I, I I know. You do not fuck with the CIA. Why does the CIA want Gregorio dead? I bet it's a bad reason. I'm sure any, any, that's a bad reason anyway. <laughs> They're talking about troubles with the kids. Carmen's been skipping school. Junie's been lying about having friends. Oh, that's so sad. <laughs> They're keeping secrets from us, Gregorio. And I think it's our fault. They've gotten this from us. We have good reason to keep secrets. If we told them we were spies, they'd have visions of danger every time we leave the house. Speaking of keeping stuff from people, all of a sudden, Gregorio has all these files flashing across his <laughs> screen. Yes. And Ingrid's like, what's that all about? And, and of course he lies. Like he's obviously doing spy stuff, but he's not telling Ingrid about it. Oh, Ingrid, I'm not doing spy stuff. Th- he's got huge Mr. Incredible syndrome. He really does. <laughs> <laughs> Mr. Incredible <laughs> syndrome. Yes. I'm sorry. <laughs> anyway. Anyway. No, yeah, he's longing for the old days, right? And one of their fellow operatives, Donigan. Donigan Giggles. Has gone missing. Gregorio's been looking into it behind Ingrid's back. Donegan was the guy that drove the getaway boat the day they got married. That's right. Why is, but but at the same time, why is this cameo Mike Judge creator of King of the Hill? (laughs) Oh, God. You know why? Because they're in Texas. That's right. (laughs) They're filming this in Texas and Mike Judge was probably around. Judy's got this TV show he loves. It's called Floops. Fooglies. God, this children's show where this unhinged Willy Wonka type character has this show with these horrific looking characters called Fooglies. They look like something out of a Lewis Carroll nightmare. No, yeah, the Fooglies are the stuff of actual nightmares. Like Lewis Carroll and Dr. Seuss, that horrible brainchild, that's what it looks like. Ugh. And I love how they're watching the show on the car. TV, because only rich people, super rich people had TVs in their cars back then. Indeed, indeed. I was like, oh, they've got car TV money. I don't see why kids like this show. It's absolutely terrifying. (laughs) Also, the way Junie is a crazy good imitator, which he he drew a Fugly of his own, and Carmen grabs it and goes, What's this supposed to be a self-portrait? What's this supposed to be a self-portrait? Mommy's mimicking me! Mommy's mimicking me! Carmen, leave your brother alone. Junie... Stop talking like your sister. So it turns out that Floops Fooglies is not just a kid's show. Oh, uh, yeah, no, it's definitely not just a kid's show. <laughs> um, we've got some realness going here. Floop is a real guy who lives in a real castle on a real little island in the middle of nowhere. Probably off the coast of Chile. <laughs> yeah, that's what I think that's the conclusion we both came to. <laughs> and it turns out that the Fooglies are like real things. These are not people in suits. These are organisms. Living, breathing organisms. 
an American governmental representative known by just the name Mr. Lisp is uh, contracted the very real and genius Fagan Floop to create a militant biomechanical army for joint states to fight with. He's given them billions of dollars. Floop and his uh, assistant Minion. Minion. Alexander Minion. Alexander Minion. Mm-hmm. He's given Floop and Minion billions of dollars to fund this research and the the only thing he did with it was make Fooglies. The Fooglies are actually captured and mutated secret agents, mostly from the organization of secret spies. Uh-huh. I actually think it's organization of super spies. <laughs> Either way, they're from the OSS. Yeah, guys, remember Donegan just went missing? Mm-hmm. And Floop also has a new Foogly on the show? Today we're very excited because today we have a new character. We found him snooping around the castle last night. I want you all to meet... Donna! Well, you know, Flute makes many different things. Oh, God! Let's get into it. Oh, God! He doesn't just make fooglies. He makes thumb-thumbs. I love the thumb-thumbs. It's time to talk about the thumb-thumbs. These are literally quadruped fingers. (laughs) It's got a head, and it's a thumb, and it's got thumb arms and thumb legs, and it looks like it's a (laughs) linebacker. It's literally all thumbs. (laughs) Shut up! You're I didn't make the joke. Robert Rodriguez did. Fine. Because all those thumb thumbs come in the room and like one of them like slips and falls. What the devil are these uh, fingermen? Oh, they're called thumb thumbs. Very capable robots. All thumbs. Useless. Uh, Lisp is not very happy with Floop. We're not moving fast enough. We need an army. What's going... Here's my thing. It's never explained what we need it so quickly for. I mean, total world domination is always the most... Is always the quickest answer. Is this the United States' plan? I don't think it was the United States. I think it's just this evil dude. He's an American. Yeah, but like, I don't know what the plan is, man, but it's not going well. Floop has another idea up his sleeve, though. Oh, boy. He, like, gives this dramatic introduction. Through that door, an awesome power will emerge. You will have but a moment to disarm it. In exactly ten seconds. Seven. Five. Three. One. And those doors slide open. And it's a little kid. It's his kid. Johnny? You hesitated. I had to. He's my son. Are you sure? Actually, I designed him. I built him. That When that kid's run at him and jumps over him? Oh, God. Robot kids. Okay. (laughs) Listen, no, they're covert weapons. When that other little girl walks up beside him and he goes, the president's daughter? And I'm like, what? The point is to plant these super covert super spies into all of the nation's highest offices and, like, give them super robot spy powers. Using what they refer to as physioelectric imaging, <laughs> they can make these tiny robots look like anyone's kid. Mm-hmm. Like, and I'm like, okay. Like, spy kids! No one expects the children! So, they also can't talk. 
Yeah, that's I think the whenever, thing. <laughs> whenever they open their mouths, they're going. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> is that binary? Is are they speaking binary? Maybe they are. <laughs> but that's the thing. They don't have the human capabilities yet. Tell me, spy kids, with your vast stores of knowledge, what are four of the five physiological indications that a human being is lying? They're not quite finished. <laughs> Missing one crucial element. Missing what? Their brains. These buckets of bolts will never pass his children! Okay, Mr. Lisp is mad. Um... <laughs> No need to yell. Yeah, he, he says... He literally created all of this other shit. I think you can relax. Yeah, but Ross, they didn't pay for Fooglies. I know. <laughs> Floop is such a queen. I know. I, I, I know it's Alan Cumming, and how could he not be? But, like... He's my favorite thing about this movie. This Wonka queen who just wants to have a popular television show. Why are you on the evil side here, Floop? What do they have on Floop? I don't know, That's man. That's what I want to know. Meanwhile, the big man in charge of the OSS spies, known only as Devlin, who we don't see, by the way. Exactly. He has called Gregorio in to take an assignment for the missing OSS agents. After nine years. After nine years of being out of the field. And Ingrid wants desperately to go. We can't both leave. I want to go on an adventure. I want to save the world. Again, honey, it's old. You're going to turn me down? Hey? Spy boy. When he's hesitant about it, and she's like, You're gonna turn me down? Stop. No, honey, let's turn it up. <laughs> Stop it right she, now. When she's whispering Spanish in his ear. Stop. <laughs> <laughs> Uncle Felix! So they call the kids' is Uncle Felix. To babysit the kids while they're away. Uncle Felix! Hey, Churros! How are you? Oh, boy, last time I saw you were this big. You're shrinking. What's up? Here, take this bag. Thanks for coming on short notice, Felix. That's what families are for, huh? That's what I hear, anyway. <laughs> I love Uncle Felix. It's Uncle Cheech! Uh, Uncle Cheech. I would love my Uncle Cheech to come and bring us some marijuana. Aww, yay! Oh, oh, and they're dressed up and they're gonna get in the car. Can we talk about Gregorio's fake mustache? I, I literally wrote in moan, Oh, my spy parents. <laughs> Ross, no! They get into this SUV. And guys, this SUV can turn into a submarine. It's so fucking cool, guys. They literally drive it off a cliff <laughs> into the Gulf of Mexico. And it's fine. <laughs> <laughs> and like, guys, they are not underwater for 10 minutes before they are being followed by a floop submarine. Yeah, and then they get captured. Yeah, it, the sub chases them right into this huge underwater vessel. They get death starred. <laughs> yeah, they sure do. At home with we're, Uncle Felix. We're just trying to have breakfast. We're just trying to have breakfast. All these alarms start going off. Uncle Felix is in go mode. Red alert. <laughs> There's a lot for you to know and very little time to explain. Uncle Felix! First of which is, I'm not your uncle. Oh my god! The dramatic mustache <laughs> rip. I can't. Your parents are international spies. Good ones, but they've been inactive for the last nine years. What are you talking 
talking about? My parents can't be spies. They're not They're cool, cool enough. enough. He opens up the wall? Yeah. That's cool. <laughs> <laughs> and like, guys, it's a gateway into a submarine pod that is being hidden under the cliff that the house sits on. Like, it's just going to be able to drop into the ocean. He's got this little device that is, I guess, tracking them because he is their official bodyguard. Yeah. From the OSS, he, posing as their uncle. Yeah, he's not their real uncle. And the strange man who was not their uncle hands them a GPS tracking device and says, get in the pod, we're going to go straight to the safe house. But then we hear the thumb-thumbs breaking in. Mm-hmm. Oh, God, Felix runs back to deal with the thumb-thumbs. Go in there. I'll be right back. And if you're not? Hit the blue button to seal the door and the green button to go. There is a submarine in this tunnel in this closet. I know. It's crazy. And they get in there. They get into the pod. They turn on the comms. And they see Felix fighting the Thumb Thumbs. And he's like yelling into the camera. Yeah. Find the OSS. Tell them the third brain lives. You must find... Felix behind you. What are those things? Get off, Felix. And, like, the Thumb Thumbs are coming for the pod, and Carmen is, like, trying to get the door shut, and she's like, Junie, press the button! Here's the green button! Blue button first! Junie! Never do anything right! Blue, then green! You gotta seal the door! I can't find the blue! <laughs> and that thing takes off with the door still open. How she doesn't fly out of that from the sheer force, I don't know. Oh, and, of course, she's criticizing him. He's only, like, seven. You never do anything right blue that green we gotta seal the door <laughs> they shoot out of a cave in the side of this land right into the water and it's shaped like a fish it's the an s- ni8 super guppy mm-hmm. the pod dives down and starts autopiling them to the safe house that the cortezes have somewhere in south america that's really all the more specific we get mm-hmm we're at the safe house, Carmen and Junie are. Yeah, they get out at the safe house, and like it doesn't look like much, does it? No. It just looks like a beach bungalow. It looks more like an outhouse. <laughs> and they, <laughs> she's trying to get into it, and all of a sudden... Your name? Carmen Cortez? Your full name, please. I don't use my full name, it's too long. Your full name, please. Godwin Elizabeth Juanita Ecosca Brava Cortez. Oh, that's a mouthful. <laughs> yes, it is. God, I want seven names. <laughs> we should come up with our seven names after this. Okay, well, yeah, we should do that. Mm-hmm. What's Junie's again? Uh, it's like something like Juby, Junie Rebel Rouser Cortez. I don't know. Junie Ro- Oh, I got it. I got it. Junie Rocket Racer Rebel Cortez. What the fuck, Robert Rodriguez? <laughs> <laughs> the safe house is so cool. Yeah, the safe house opens when she gives her name. Her full name is a code word. She's got access. Oh my god! She's a member of the family. Let's we've, talk about this safe house. We've got jetpacks. We've got equipment for days. This is very totally spies. Yes. We, we've got emergency cash from every country in the world. Carmen we, takes all of it. We've got dehydrated meals when put in the microwave. Just turn into food. That was the wildest shit to me when we were kids. When she puts one in there and it turns into the Big Mac combo. No, yeah, it looks like a popcorn bag before you put it in the microwave. <laughs> I know. And she puts it in there, flash, it's a it's a friggin' dollar menu item. Junie turns to her and she's like, fuck, they've been lying to us our whole lives, haven't they? Yeah, this is where they start to have emotions about the fact that their parents lied to them about being spies. Carmen slams their wedding photo down on its face. Oh man. Back in the cell, uh, 
Um, they're all tied up, right? Gregorio and Ingrid. Yeah, at Floop's castle. And they're like, we're not doing so hot so far, are we? And <laughs> Ingrid's like, we're a little rusty. It'll be fine. Okay, we're a little rusty. That's all. This is one way to find out who's behind all this. Oh, if I could just get the pressure right. She's still got it. How do you do that? How do you do that? Hey, 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 hey. What, what about me? She turns her wedding band around? <gasps> this is so cool. It's a fucking laser. The diamond in her wedding ring. She's had it turned into a laser and burns through the ropes that are binding her. And she goes, she's still got it. And he's like, wait a minute, how did you, how did you do that? Wait, what, what about me? <laughs> Oh my god. So they don't get very far out of the castle either. They basically fall into this chute and fall directly on Floop's dinner table. Oh my god. <laughs> the way he stops the stopwatch in his hand and goes... 15 minutes to escape. With your reputations, I was expecting something a little more impressive. Finally, we can eat! And, like, they're eating, like, this disgusting, like... What's the green goo? Yeah, like, these bowls full of green goo. Like, this is dinner. This is where Floop lets everybody know why he's kidnapped them, right? Mm Mm-hmm. He is looking to uh, resurrect an old technology known as the Third Brain. The OSS was working on this top secret project to develop synthetic intelligence that was like a repository of all spy knowledge, right? So you could like basically upload this intelligence into a robot and it would become a super spy instantly. Indeed. There was someone else on that research team. Hmm. Someone else who could rebuild it. Isn't that right, Mr. Cortez? Gregorio was in on it. Yeah, Gregorio was on the research team that developed the third brain. And that project is supposed to not exist anymore. Because the OSS was like, we can't risk that getting out in the world. No, too powerful. So they were instructed to destroy all the research and destroy all the third brains. But Gregorio decided he'd work too hard and pockets one of them. Mm -hmm. And that's why he's kidnapped them. He wants Gregorio to build him a new one. Either fork up the one he has or build a new one for That's him. right. Meanwhile, the kids are getting suited up. Some are doing better than others. <laughs> yeah. The way Junie handcuffs himself to that metal box, <laughs> he is kind of an idiot, and then knocks himself out with it. <laughs> Meanwhile, Carmen is trying to be all serious, reading books on how to be a spy. No, yeah, I, Carmen definitely takes after Greg. Oh, definitely. And, you know, Junie definitely takes after Ingrid, you know what I mean? Absolutely. They even look similar. Right? You know what I mean? And they find the wedding album. The wedding from the story. It it was theirs. They should have told us about this stuff. Yeah? What about Diego and Ronaldo and all your make-believe friends? Shouldn't Mom and Dad know about that? What about all the days you skip school? You want them to know about that? That's my business. And, like, she pockets this picture of her dad with this man she's never seen before. They are only identified on the back of the photo as Machete and Ombre. Put a pin in that. Mm-hmm. Gradenko comes a-knockin'. Oh, we formally meet Miss Gradenko. She says that she's there with the OSS. She's there on behalf of their parents. She's telling them all about how Floop is a bad guy and how the Fooglies are captured OSS agents. Junie's like, not my favorite TV show host. I know. He wouldn't do that. He's Floop. 
scoop, you know? But she proves it to him, remember? She puts the video on of the Fooglies singing their little song, and she plays it backwards. And you know that cute little tuneless song the characters sing? Play it backwards. Loop is a madman, help us, save us! Loop is a madman, help us, save us! A cry for help. We'll flip through that to Mom and Dad. Definitely. Unless he gets something your father helped develop. When Carmen divulges to Gradenko about the third brain. Right. Gradenko and Carmen are talking about it. Like, where was it? He didn't say. Meanwhile, Junie puts that picture that Carmen slammed down on its face back up. And then that photograph rises off the table, (laughs) inverts, goes back down inside the table, and the third brain is on the other side of it. It's just there now. And when Gradenko sees that brain. That's what Floop wants. So beautiful. Carmen! She's working for Floop. Fly this to Floop's castle immediately. That thing, that brain's the only thing keeping our mom and dad from being zapped. Carmen's a badass. Oh yeah, Carmen, like what, like 11 year old Carmen or whatever? Mm -hmm. She doesn't think, she doesn't read the manual. She just steals one of these jetpacks that's sitting on the wall. And goes after the man who just took off with the brain. Yeah, just, she doesn't even think about it. She just flies out there. She's never flown a jetpack before. How do you work this thing? (laughs) Gradenko sends the other thumbs after her. The thumbs can wear jetpacks. Oh, God, the turn of the century computer effects when she's zooming around on this jetpack. Oh, my God. This whole sequence is crazy. She snatches that brain right out from under his neck, and they're chasing each other around. Junie's just running through the tunnels trying to find her. (laughs) Oh, my God. But she's gone. She literally has to fly back in and scoop him up. And now they're flying through this South American metropolis, just Junie holding on for dear life. That makes me bust every time. Just the sound of his voice getting quieter and quieter as he's going towards the earth. And she's like, oh shit. She saves his ass. She does. What would you do without me? I feel that. I know. I I feel that with you. I love you. I've never snatched you out of the air in a jetpack before. The way no one sees them jetpack into a department store and jetpack back out. Yeah, no. The thumbs, they stick the jetpack in like a clothing rack so that the thumbs will follow it back out into the street. Dumb thumbs. (laughs) And meanwhile, they completely change their appearances. They look very dapper. Like, just like their mom did in the story, right? Indeed. Spies are masters of disguise. It's in their blood. Absolutely. And they really don't look that much different, but like, whatever. (laughs) I love the fits, They're just wearing some cooler clothes. Meanwhile, back at Floop's castle... Oh my god, he is such a queen! We have to talk about the virtual room real quick. Yes, we are in the virtual room. This is where Floop films most of the show. I, here's the thing. I don't know what the syndicate is. The syndicate <laughs> that's, that's broadcasting uh, Floop's Fooglies, but... I, I hope it's not PBS. The production quality. Floop, I know it's all green screen, man. This is basically a green screen room. Yeah, no, it's like an augmented reality room where he can film this show. And, like, he's giving big Starina energy. Oh, no, he he is doing Floop's Fooglies theme. <laughs> dream if you dream if you dream. Nasty, 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 nasty. 
there's a way you can make your day. You can laugh, you can smile, you can come and stay a while. You can dream my dream, you can have it all with me. You can dream my dream, you can dream my dream, you can dream my dream. Oh, that 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 turned down real quick. <laughs> yeah, it did. And the way ever, all the other performers, the Fooglies, are like, "What? What's going on?" <laughs> and then everything just turns off, and all of the Fooglies start dangling from whatever string they're on, whatever cable they're on. <laughs> and he gets down off his pedestal. Is like, "Uh oh, he got too deep in his thoughts and got mad. Had to stop the whole performance." Lock him up. The way he slaps that Fugly on the cable and starts spinning, and he goes, Lock him up! <laughs> He's a real Busby Berkeley with this. It's not funny. They're like imprisoned, but like, <laughs> here's the thing, guys. Flute may be the face of this project, this like multi billion dollar military contract project. Yeah. But he is an artist first. He really is. And he is not feeling good about the direction his show is taking. Imagine if Sada, BL's a babe, their self. <laughs> Was just trying to do their art, but all of a sudden got roped into a multi-state international (laughs) military ring. Oh God! (laughs) I you'd feel you'd feel like you're longing for your art again. That's what Floop's feeling here. What does it need, minion? I don't. My soul. It needs something. That thing. That thing that will take it to number one. Oh, I can feel it but I can't think straight enough to figure it out. Floop, you're spending too much time on this program when you should be more concerned with our grand diabolical plan. And Minion suggests that in order to get the third brain back, they send the robot doppelgangers of Carmen and Junie after them. And so, guys, the robot children go right to Carmen and Junie because the bracelet that Gradenko gave Carmen is tracking it's a tracer. <laughs> the way Junie gets in her ass about it because she's being a bitch again. Uh-huh. And he's like, that's probably tracking us. And she's like, no, it's not. <laughs> she goes over to the drinking fountain and she sees that it is. She goes, the booker was right. I hate that. And throws the bracelet. Robot Junie comes up to Carmen first. And, like, she doesn't realize that it's not her little brother, even though he's wearing a completely different outfit. What? I love this. Why are you dressed like a geek? No longer relatives. Go away. You're just getting stupider by the minute. Get away from me. Hey! And then, like, she sees Robot Carmen manhandling Junie. Oh, we're seeing double. (laughs) And here's the thing, guys. Not only are they children, but they're not equipped to battle spy robots. No, yeah, these children are literally metal with, I don't know. Like super- computer flesh. He's a great 3D printer. So, you know. <laughs> they have like super strength and speed. And so they can break them like a twig, right? <laughs> when she tries to headbutt Junie and she's just concussing herself over and over <laughs> again. And J- robot, uh, spy, uh, spy kid? I don't know. Ro- uh, robot, because they are the spy kids. The robots are the spy kids. Yeah. Not the main two. But anyway, <laughs> robot, robot, Carmen is beating Junie's ass when she puts him on that merry-go-round, you know, the little metal merry-go-round. And it spins like she, and it spins like he's on the Gravitron. She she spins it at subatomic force. (laughs) He's just going around and around. He's going, ah. Oh, this is so cool because she jumps on the merry-go-round with him. And he's trying to destroy the brain so that (laughs) she can't get it. (laughs) 
she grabs that brain from him, but he takes her necklace. Yeah, her dog tags. Mm-hmm. Her she, dog tags. That's what they're called. I, I know, I know. <laughs> and like the robots take off with the brain. And they're looking at Did this no dog. one fucking see this either? <laughs> no, they did. Remember that little kid who's like, I, I want, want shoes, shoes like those. <laughs> I want rocket shoes. And they're looking at this dog tag and it says, Spy Kid Prototype. Limited edition Spy Kid. One of 500. Zoops can have hundreds of these things flying around. The third brain makes them smart. They're building an army. Gotta save mom and dad. Only they can stop the robots. But who's going to help us? This is where Carmen makes the connection that they need to find this Machete man in the photo with her father. Mm-hmm. Because Machete's name is on all of these spy gadgets they're using. Mm-hmm. He obviously made these things for the Cortezes. So we go to Machete's spy shop. That's what it says on the sign. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Not very covert Not at all. Not very covert at all, Machete. <laughs> of course Machete lives in... San Diablo. Ah, right. It's the totally real community of San Diablo. Saint Devil. (laughs) Saint Devil, right. And so they go into this shop, and Machete's sitting there working on the world's smallest camera, and they are demanding counterintelligence tech. I know. (laughs) These two children. You saw counterintelligence stuff here? Come back with your parents. We can't. We need something fast that can get us here. Who are you? Carmen Elizabeth Juanita Ecosky Brava Cortez. <laughs> Gregorio Cortez is our father. Half the stuff in his shop turns on or opens up. It's amazing. Like he's looking at her like, what in the name of everything? And it turns out that Isidore Machete is Gregorio's older brother. He's their actual uncle, guys. <laughs> their real uncle. Are you our real uncle? Because we already got a fake uncle. Stone Cold Killer Machete is their uncle. <laughs> but, like, Gregorio and him don't get along. Gregorio doesn't like that Machete sells spy tech to both the, quote, good guys and the bad guys. I mean, that is kind of shitty, Machete. Like, I um... mean, hey, I guess he just loves money. And you know what? Fine. Isidore Machete Cortez. (laughs) How dare you? Oh my God. But like a lot of his problems are Carmen's problems, right? Mm -hmm. When it comes to family. Ever so stuffed the floop? What? Our mom and dad, your brother, are his prisoners. And if we don't do something to help, something really bad's gonna happen to him. I don't see why you won't help him. You think I want to babysit my brother the rest of my life? Watch out for Gregorio. Take care of Gregorio. Make sure Gregorio knows right from wrong. Not anymore. Machete's not responsible for nobody but Machete. God, it's so... It's literally the same thing she said earlier. Watch out for Junie. Take care of Junie. Show Junie right from wrong. Yeah, I shouldn't be responsible for anyone but me. She's right. They're both right. She's 100% right. But, like, they just... Machete and him haven't spoken in years. So just because they're blood... He lets them stay the night in their shop, right? And he decides that he will help them get to where their parents are. Yeah, he's going to give them a little spy plane. <laughs> now, the only thing that'll get you to Floop's Castle fast enough is this child-sized plane I just happened to have. <laughs> They're telling him to go with them, but he won't do it. It's only built for one passenger. Yeah, in, in any case. Both Junie and her are going to be able to fit in it because mm-hmm. they're literal children. And so they go to sleep that night in his shop. And you guessed it, in the middle of the night, they wake up 
and rob him blind. They steal all his shit and take the plane. He barely misses them. <laughs> He's running out onto the roof, waving at them as they take off. He's like, hey, bring that back. And they're like, sorry, bye. Gotta go save lives. Hurry up, Back at the castle, Minion is trying to hype Floop up about this Spy Kid project, right? Mm -hmm. Because Floop's obviously distracted by his show. And, like, they've officially made lookalikes of major world leaders' children. Like you said, we've got the president's daughter, we've got a prime minister's son, an ambassador's daughter. Like, it's crazy. And they're going to plant all these children in these major offices throughout the globe. Like, it's so brilliant. It's too bad none of them can speak. They still need their brains. Indeed. And, like, he cannot get Floop to pay attention. Like, Floop, he just doesn't want to hear any of it. He just wants to think about his show. Floop just wants to paint. Yeah. (laughs) In so many words. He doesn't want to do world domination. He just wants to do art. I don't believe in this anymore, Minion. I don't think I ever did. Explain. The mutated agents, the robot kids... Those aren't my ideas. They're yours. So what? Well, I think that's why they're not working. Not yet, they're not. And then Robot Carmen and Robot Junie come in with the third brain in hand, and they don't hand it to Floop. They hand it to Minion. Oh. My. God. This is where we kind of realize that Minion is the brains behind all the robot technology. Floop's just the face. And the way we go from Minion... To Shaloub <laughs> by just turning, by just taking the glasses off. That's right. The glasses come off, and now we're a villain. Minion? I assure you, it's Mr. Minion now. And you, Floop, have served your purpose. Children, lock him in the virtual room. <gasps> the, the way he gasps, I'm like. <laughs> And they drag him away. And Minion starts mass producing the third brains with that copier machine they have. And he's planting them in 500 of these robot children. Back in the plane, uh, things are not going well with the plane. Why is Junie in front? I don't know. I really don't. Maybe so she doesn't squish him if they crash. Uh, But they cannot decide. Much like you and me right now, we can't decide on how we want this to go. The autopilot starts failing, (laughs) and they start fighting because they don't know what's wrong. Yeah. (laughs) And they're calling each other names. And guys, this was a bit that I just intellectualized for the first time. Mm. I don't know why. When I was a kid, this piece of dialogue just always seemed to escape me. There's a throwaway line at the beginning of the movie where Gregorio says, Our children are in diapers. And Ingrid says... Only one of them is in diapers. It's and, not that unusual. And yeah. only at night. And guys, you just kind of assume it's Junie, right? Because he's the younger one. You better stop calling me names. Pull up, Booger Brad. Stop it, or I'll call you names. Go ahead, you got nothing on me, warthog. You're right. Diaper lady. Aha, hope you right one now. The way she is looking at him. Oh, she's not okay. How long have you known? Since forever. Mom made me swear not to mention it. So now we're evil. Oh, now you've done it! 
Oh my god, she <laughs> makes them bust a wing! Oh no, yeah, that's the thing. They managed to knock both the wings off that plane. The way she goes, oh, now you've done it! <laughs> <laughs> but now it's even! <laughs> and they're just torpedoing towards Floop's Island, and they bail out. We're gonna crash! Nope, we're gonna drop! <laughs> they drop out of that plane at the last final second. Oh my god, and the way they are prepared... With those packs. They've got scuba gear on. They, they, they've got oxygen tanks. They don't care. These are children. Yeah. That's a lot of pounds of equipment. <laughs> and I love that they're able to communicate with each other through the suits. Yeah, that's through, such horse shit. <laughs> through the wetsuits. They swim through this underwater chamber that leads up into the bowels of the castle. They almost get caught by thumbs. <laughs> I love this because this is where we get to see some of the really kid-oriented spy tech. Like electroshock gumballs? Oh, that thumb-thumb comes around the corner. And Junie spits out a bubblegum wad onto this thumb-thumb. <laughs> it's down. Thumb down. We have a thumb down. It's a thumbs down. Sorry. It's a thumbs down I, I, for me. I hate me. They start wandering the halls. And what Junie is doing is he's taking a baggie that he stole from Machete of the world's smallest cameras. Yeah. And he's sticking them on every corner in every hallway. He's giving them covert surveillance. And Carmen is like, what the fuck are you doing? And he's like, I'm helping us. Calm down. And he shows her all the images. And she's like sweet. That's the thing. Carmen's always writing him for doing everything wrong. He does so many things right. She didn't tell him to do that. He's so smart. I, this is where I wrote, for real, fuck the Fooglies. I'm glad they don't get too much screen time. <laughs> That's right. They see this chain gang of Fooglies mm -hmm. being led through the hallway. I'm sorry. Would you like to join my band? Chain gang of Fooglies. <laughs> Junie cables them to the ceiling. Cables them. So that they are out of sight. And while the thumbs are distracted, he comes down on a cable. He repels down. Next to Donamite, or Donigan. Yeah, the, the new Foogly. He records his voice, asking him where his parents are, reverses it, and Donigan's going, the dungeon. They're in the dungeon. Hurry. But, of course, they're found out. Yeah, no. <laughs> the thumbs know they're up there. Yes. And so Carmen takes out electroshock bubbles, like like a bubble wand, yeah. and blows it down into the group of thumb-thumbs, and it just sends electric shocks. Machete, so many fun creations. I love it. That's the thing. Machete is like the Willy Wonka of spy tech. So they see all the kids, the robot kids, who are newly third-brained, yeah. lining up, going to the going to report. They just fall in line behind the last of them. Yeah. They're not very conspicuous being dressed differently. They have to get across the castle to get to the dungeon. And that's the, how they're going to get across undetected, right? One thing they weren't anticipating was their super senses. I think they've gotten smarter since the last time we met. Intruder, 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 intruder. Oh, they're in some hot water now. That's in my nightmares. Just all those kids looking up the line. Intruder, 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 intruder. Do so you know that thing with the fall away floor in the puzzle pieces? Yeah, we didn't really talk about that when it happened the first time. Well, it was fake the first time. Why isn't it fake the second time? Carmen falls all the way down this shaft. Fine, mom and dad. So Junie takes off running from the rest of the kids, but he finds himself 
at the virtual room. Yeah. I have questions about why the virtual room is not locked. I know. This is where Floop is supposed to be imprisoned by Minion. Minion literally put Floop into a television state yeah to where he can't escape yeah and like now Junie's just trapped in here with him and he's <laughs> taking floop's inventory oh i love it because floop is like giant right because of all the effects <laughs> him sitting in the clouds <laughs> like he, like Junie's his therapist you kidnapped my parents made sick of robot children and swallowed up my sister but i didn't want any of that i thought floop was a genius you did You watch my show more than you know. Junie's taking him to task. All I ever did was be a fan of yours and you kidnapped my family. No, it's funny because like when he admits that he's a fan, Floop is us anytime someone mentions the podcast. Yes, he is. You watch my show. <laughs> you listen to my show. It's so dear. <laughs> I love it. More than you know. <laughs> and so now we're in the brain room. Ingrid and Gregorio are tied up in the machine that transforms spies into fooglies. Alexander Minion. Agent Cortez. Wonderful to see you again. You know him? Yeah. He was on the third brain project. Until I noticed he was trying to inject his own ideas into the system. I turned him in. He was thrown out of the OSS. This is where we learn that Gregorio kind of burnt Minion back in the day, and that's why he's so mad when he calls him Alex. Oh, right. His name's Alexander Minion. It's like, okay, so we've got history. Okay. Minion was on the OSS project to develop the three brains. Yeah. And, well, I say the three brains. The I'm third brain. I'm assuming there were two before that. Yeah, no. <laughs> <laughs> but, like, this is the third stage of research. You know, being uh, imaginative as Minion is, he had some of his own ideas. But they weren't always appreciated. And he's a mad scientist. He didn't want the brain destroyed, but Gregorio didn't destroy it. He just kept it. And I think Minion is uh, resentful of that. Uh huh. He could have been so much farther along. And so Minion, being the evil asshole he is, he fooglies him. He takes that drawing that Junie drew of the fooglie and turns Gregorio into that fooglie. Oh my god! It's so nightmarish! Back in the virtual room, when we're st- Floop is still moaning and whining about how he just wants to do his show, and Junie is chewing all of the electroshock gum in at the bag w- at once. At once. Have you ever tried to eat a whole pack of gum at once? No. It's rough on you. Well, I have tried to put a whole roll of bubble tape in my mouth at once. That's what I'm talking about, the man. Bubble tape, absolutely. <laughs> yeah. And so Junie like takes all that gum out of his mouth. You're my hero, Floop. So I'm gonna help you, then you're gonna help me. Minion must be stopped. Just one thing. My show. What does it need? I know it needs something desperately, but I can't figure it out. Maybe you can. It needs children. I could have fucking told you that. (laughs) Shit's creepy as fuck. Have you seen the Fooglies? Like... Terrifying, of course. Put some kids in there. It'll be a lot less scary. Yeah, maybe Dora the Explorer would have been more terrifying without a a theoretical audience. Oh, poor Floop. He just wants to create. I know. How did he get embroiled in this? (laughs) Netflix, come on. Prequel series. I need need the spies, the two spies that fell in love, and I need a Floop prequel series. (laughs) 
And so he throws that wad of electric bubble gum on Floop's head and it shorts out the whole room. Yeah, I know. It just, it just, that was way too easy for me. He returns to normal size. And like they leave the virtual room and I don't remember how they link back up with uh, Carmen. No, Carmen's dressed up as the thumb thumb and he, he knocks her down as they're running <laughs> and he takes her hat off. He takes her thumb head off and he goes, hola. <laughs> That's right. That's right. So Floop, Carmen, and Junie go straight to the dungeon to get Ingrid and Gregorio out of jail. This is also where the kids find that Gregorio has been fooglied. Carmen? Junie? Mom! That's my fooglie! The one I drew. It's dead. It's the Fugly I drew. Oh my god. Uh... And then mom's like, hey, you're here. (laughs) (laughs) And then Carmen takes out another machete creation, Acid Crayon. It's another kid spy tool. She just marks a hole along the bars and tears them out. I love that Floop opened the door, was like struggling to find the right key to let Ingrid out. (laughs) And she just pulled the bars off. And I love the way Ingrid is looking at her the whole time. Yeah. I'm like, is this my kid? And Carmen never thought she was going to see her mom again, right? Right. And now that she is, she's letting everything loose. When she's like, listen, mom, I've been skipping school, taking fairy (laughs) rides, running off to Belize. And she's like, what? (laughs) Carmen! (laughs) And she's like, nothing. Never mind. And the way that Ingrid's like, you went where? You're right, let's just talk about this when we get home. No, 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 no. You can tell me everything now, okay? Is that what you want to be? Free from your family? Hey! Used to. Not anymore. Aww, Carmen. That was kind of you at one point, wasn't it? It was. I feel like that's every kid, you know what I mean? Yeah, when they realize their family's not so horrible. When, When they're in the grand room, and Minion can't sit right in the floop seat, in the floop throne. <laughs> yeah, the investors are inbound in their helicopters, Mr. Lisp and his crew, and Minion has taken over everything. I know. And as he's welcoming the investors, Floop gets on the intercom. Or we think it's Floop, right? Mm-hmm. Is Minion? This is Floop. Please report to the robotics lab at once. We have huge, major, big-time problems with the robots. I thought you said Floop wasn't here. He's not. A problem, Mr. Minion, as in mucho grande problemo. I'm gonna... He goes down to the brain room. Yeah, he's on a schedule. Uh, Lisp is getting uh, Lisp is getting upset. Yeah, and when Minion gets there, the mutation table is smoking, as if it's just been used. Minion! Floop! Where are you? Behind you. And again, Junie is such a great talent with the mimicking. What do you think you're doing? You're supposed to be in line with the others. You're supposed to be in line with the others. Stop that. Stop that! Stop that this instant! Stop that this instant! Stop that! Right now! Or what? Gregorio just rises up behind Minion. Peels off the fake mustache. Floop turned him back into a man. He reversed it. <laughs> oh, thank goodness. Which I don't understand how that's possible when it scrambles their brains when they get fooglied, but like... Listen, I don't know and I don't care. All I know is that was a rough 10-minute period when Antonio Banderas did not look like Antonio Banderas. I know. <laughs> and then the Cortez is 
bum rush him, strap him into the chair, and then Gregorio puts... <laughs> the, I almost said detonator. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, kind of. The Fugler. He the puts, Fugler! He puts the Fugler <laughs> button in his head. They get, the, they get the hat on him. They get him all wired up. He takes that lump of clay Floop uses to mold the Fuglies mm-hmm. so the machine can copy it. And guys, this is incredible. He it, literally gives him five head. It looks like Minion's face with just three other heads sticking out of him. Yeah, literally. Oh my god! Not to mention the extra phalanges. I don't care for that part. He's got like 30 fingers. <laughs> yeah, I know. After this is over. <laughs> it is disquatting. And then he presses his he presses Minion's thumb down on the button and goes. Stop, let go. Ingrid. Hey, you two, come on. They just run away thinking he's not gonna let go of that thing? Fools. <laughs> and he does. They're wrong. He fooglies himself. He doesn't care. Floop is trying to explain everything to the Cortezes. Okay, he's like, our best chance of stopping all of this is to get to the control room and stop them that way. And if we can't, then there's no one on Earth that could stop them. (laughs) It's not good news. It's really not. And so on the way to the control room, the parents are separated from Floop and the kids. They're captured by... Robot Junie and Carmen. Yeah. Why are Gregorio and Ingrid the Daphne Blake of this? (laughs) As in they're always getting captured? They're tied up again. (laughs) And Floop and the kids go into the control room... And this is where Carmen simply tells him, like she knows how this works, mm-hmm. to reprogram all 500 brains. <laughs> we can't just take 500 brains out? <laughs> the third brain is linked not only to them, but to all the robot children. Can't you remove it? We can't just take 500 brains out? So don't, just reprogram it. That would take weeks. Just two words. A binary switch, of course. So they would define right as wrong. And wrong is right. Come on. But it's not that simple. Figure it out. We'll be back for you. Teach them to be good. And I love Junie. Junie's so sweet. Teach them to be good. So what he decides he's going to do is a binary switch. Literally just make all the wrong right and all the right wrong. Because the robots are programmed to do wrong. Yeah. So now they'll just do good. Oh, this is where we get the battle between the spy kids and the real kids. Yeah, the battle of the doppelgangers is what I have. (laughs) Battle of the doppelgangers. And they are just beating each other up. (laughs) It's just, it's not going well, guys. They're robots for crying out loud. (laughs) The anti-kids are winning. Yeah, The (laughs) anti-kids. They're winning, and now they're also talking. Yeah, because now they have their brains, right? Robot Carmen is trying to get into Junie's head. Poor little defenseless Junie. And then, and Carmen, I love Carmen. Carmen's trying to gas him up. Junie, don't listen to her. You're not worthless. You figured out how to get us here. You helped Floop realize he was good, not bad. You talked to the Fuglies and saved Mom and Dad. You're strong, Junie. You're strong. And Junie tries to punch that concrete wall. You're not that strong, (laughs) Junie. As Robot Carmen is picking him up to kill him, he spits a wad of that electric bubblegum out on her face. Boy Scout, always prepared. (laughs) She (laughs) drops his ass. And guys, they get the robots up into this corner. And then this is my favorite kid gadget. Instant cement. (gasps) Instant cement. And it comes out like silly string. (laughs) 
you know what sets my fight or flight? All robots report to the Grand Room for a final demonstration of your destructive powers. Oh, God, Minion's voice is different now. Yeah. Among other things. Yes. That headpiece prosthetic he's got on. I know. With the three heads. Rodriguez's own design. Right? Yeah. And he actually made at least parts of it himself. Like, is there anything Rob can't do? Yeah, so yeah, you're right. There is that weird sequence where Gregorio and Ingrid just drop in yeah. to the Grand Room and they're being surrounded by thumbs and henchmen. <laughs> I wrote the main lair. That's what I wrote. <laughs> and like... Carmen and Junie come around the corner and then they turn around and all those kids are coming down the hall. And so they get into attack position and there's 500 of them, right? Yeah, it's big Incredibles energy (laughs) or rather Incredibles is big Spy Kids energy because they're just all together now as a family. We're going to fight as a family. And Ingrid's like, what are we going to do? And Gregorio's like, I'm thinking, I'm thinking. Here's what we do. I'll take the handle on the right, Ingrid. Take the handle on the left. Carmen, hand to center left. Uh, Junie, center right. It'll work. It'll work. It's 500 total, Dad. We need one more person. Boom comes Machete through the window. Isidor Machete Cortez. <laughs> Just, you know, William Shatner rolling through the window. Yeah. Standing up with the Cortezes. Isidor. Hello, little brother. Tear him limb from limb. And then those kids get into like a tax stance and all their eyes light up. It's very iRobot. Cut to Floop having a queenie meltdown (laughs) in the control room. What to do? What to do? Of course. He hits three buttons. (laughs) And that's all he needed to do. The kids raise their arms and scream. You have been deemed hazardous. <laughs> Termination is authorized. I love the way the Cortezes just crumple yeah. into one another like, goodbye forever. And the kids run around the Cortezes and start attacking Minion and Lisp and Gradenko and the Thumbs and the Council of War or whatever's going on here. This is cartoonishly bad. <laughs> the way the kids are throwing them up in the air like they're on a trampoline. Minion, make them stop. They their have minds of their, their own, own now, sir. Everything we tell them goes in one ear and out the other. This is ridiculous. Oh, oh my God. Chete and Ombre. Oh. Reconciling. This is actually my favorite part of the movie because, like, the fight's over, nothing bad happened, and Gregorio's like, Why did you come back? For the same reason I left. You know what? I don't remember that reason. Neither do I. It's okay, it's okay, it's okay. It's okay. It's okay. It's okay. Let it go. Let it go. He's fine. He's going to be fine. Motion. Latinos. And then Machete just breaks into tears. <laughs> just falls over sobbing. And is on his little brother. <laughs> I love that and so much. And Gregorio's like, hey, it's okay. It's okay. <laughs> it's okay. He's emotional. Latinos. Latinos. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I love that it's so perfect. much. Oh, boy. Some time passes, right? Yeah. Junie's got no more warts. He's standing up for himself. He's probably got some friends. Mm-hmm. Carmen, 
wants to have more family time. Yeah. Uh, Machete is living with the Cortezes now. It's nice. Hopefully, he's like, st- uh, he's still trying to keep up on business, though. Yeah. Yeah, trying <laughs> trying to make some more stuff. Free Enterprise. Floops, Floops, Fuglis is on TV, introducing two new characters, Carmenita and Junito. He's using the robot kids on his show. And now, all the spy kids, all the kid robots that they created, are just now the world's benevolent cops. <laughs> They're like do-gooders, right? They're like pulling dogs out of house fire. And you know the other thing I love? Minion is basically a prisoner on this show now. I know. No thoughts. <laughs> Whoops done something to his mind. He's basically a foogly now. He's fooglied. <laughs> He's, He's absolutely fooglied. fooglied. Also, it would have been nice to hear that we defooglied all the secret agents that were captured before them. Yeah, but... we don't see them do it, but it happens. Yeah, because we do get down again in the sequel. Yeah, we do. <laughs> yeah. And guys, this is the cameo that Ross wanted to save to the end. Okay? Hate this. Because Hate it. the TV goes dark and, you know, spy movies, like the guy, the mysterious guy who issues the assignments comes up. Yeah, it's Devlin. It's director of the OSS. It's Devlin. He's got that black bar over his eyes. He's got an assignment. <laughs> an emergency assignment has come up in the Far East. I need you on it right away. Oh, sorry, Devlin. We uh, we haven't talked about this as a family yet, so... Whether we come out of retirement or, or not, there's a decision that is up to us. And our kids. Uh, Gregorio, Ingrid, I wasn't talking to you. Me? No, this assignment is for Carmen and Junie. They're the ones we need. He takes that black bar off his eyes. Yeah, I know. Like it's not in post or whatever. It's so corny. And it's George fucking Clooney. Yeah, it's George Clooney, guys. <laughs> and I'm like, at me, I'm like, big whoop. You know what I, I mean? I know, I know. It's George Clooney. Is George Clooney again. I know, but I, that was an expensive cameo, I bet. Okay, here's the thing, though. I think he's laying it on a little thick. <laughs> when he refers to Carmen and Judy... As the most amazing field agents that the OSS has ever seen. How embarrassing for the OSS. I'm really sorry. <laughs> I don't agree. Um, I have ever... You know what? Sam, only going off of the two spies that fell in love. Uh-huh, yeah, because yeah. Because the, 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 Ingrid and Gregorio spent the whole movie captured. <laughs> yes, they sure did. So maybe they, are the mo- maybe they are more amazing than Ingrid and Gregorio. I don't know. <laughs> With zero training. I feel like they had a lot of luck yeah they this sure did whole time but now we're a spy family what what is that little thing what's what's carmen's little speech at the end she goes over to the tv and she looks right at devlin and she goes from now on whatever we do we do together spy work that's easy keeping a family together that's difficult and that's the mission worth fighting for I love it. I know. Oh my God, guys, we did Spy Kids. Guys, guys, I have always loved that movie. I have always had it with me. You know, as we're we're talking about family connections this month, you know, obviously in this one we've got children who are put into very adult roles. We have adults being rendered helpless. And, I mean, what do you do? I, I know that this is not a situation that everyday people can put themselves into and relate to. But, you know, I kind of feel the way about this movie that I do about Matilda. Mm. The way it's like a story of empowering children 
to do amazing things, right? Yeah, indeed. Like, this is, like, way out of the realm of verisimilitude, but that's what makes it cool. It's a fantasy, Mm -hmm. and it's aimed, it's not just about kids, it's aimed at us. The humor is ours. All of the spy tech, we literally had bubblegum, we had bubbles, like blowing bubbles. Crayons. We had acid crayons and silly string cement. These are all kids' toys. Bob, I love you. Yeah, this is so awesome. That's another thing. Like with Floop, Floop's an artist, but he's also kind of a kid at heart. He really is. You know what I mean? He's an overgrown kid. Mm-hmm. And he just wants to make his kid show and be the weird Willy Wonka character. Yeah. And I love him for it. Floop becomes like a weird little member of the family. You know, it, it, you know. I think Gregorio and Ingrid kind of learned that their kids are little carbon copies of them. Mm-hmm. You know, and I, Carmen, I think, finds her way back to wanting family. And, you know, Junie learns how to stand up for himself. Mm-hmm. And I have... Gregorio oh, and Ingrid. I know. It, biconic, Biconica. right? Biconic. Does my heart good thinking about those two kids doing, doing it. it. <laughs> Meredith. Right? <laughs> and, like, honestly, and it's not just empowerment of kids, right? But, like... Learning to empower your siblings mm-hmm. because Carmen rags on Junie the whole movie. And Junie feels worthless. And by the end of it, she's gassing him up. Mm-hmm. And I just love that. And she's like, oh, you actually do know more what you're doing than I thought. <laughs> yeah. You know? And I'm sorry. I don't even know what I'm apologizing for. I'm for just- how you <laughs> ragged on me as a kid. I mean, I wasn't very nice to you either. I know. So it's okay. We picked on each other, but I should have known better. I was bigger. Yeah, and we're also international secret agents. So <laughs> Right, yeah. right. That's definitely what it is. Mwah. Mwah. <laughs> <laughs> so wild i wish the rest of the movies were gonna be this wild i know i know but we we did kind of start out with the most wild one but that's okay that's okay because we still got more good content coming to you even if it's not as wild this month <laughs> okay folks so next week we're gonna have a lovely little film coming to you we've talked about it a couple times on the show but keeping in our theme with family relationships and family matters we're gonna be doing uh something very cutesy for you next week it's a it's a little rough in places isn't it oh yeah it is i've never seen it Oh, yeah, that's right. This is going to be a inaugural viewing for me. That's right. Guys, next week we are talking about the 2006 family road trip movie. Sure. Little Miss Sunshine. Uh, I love me some Abigail Breslin. Yes, little baby Abigail Breslin. Mm-hmm. We're going to have so many people here next week. So look out for that next week, guys. In the meantime, you can go follow us on Twitter at Kick and Stream. K-I-C-K-N-S-T-R-E-A-M. You can write the show at Kicking and Streaming Podcast at gmail.com. That's with an and, not an ampersand. And don't forget, folks, please be practicing the three R's. Rate, review, retweet. Rate, review, retweet, folks. We want everyone to come and join our little watch party. More quality content coming to you from kicking and streaming. Until then, I'm Carrie. I'm Ross. And as always, sorry, sorry mom. mom.